Good evening and welcome to the Psychic Talk Shop. I'm Ace tonight, and of course, with me tonight is Techie with Mestis, Techie Joe. How are you, darling? I'm doing okay. How are you this evening? Doing good, doing good. Hello, Devin. Hello, Brenda. Brenda, your cookies survived until this morning. They did. They did. Yes. And then they Much died. munching occurred. Yes. They were very they were delicious. We want the recipes. <laughs> yes. Or the supermarket, one of the two. We don't judge. Hey, but, no, I think she made them. I think she made them. Also, do you want your container back? We had a whole debate in the house. Yeah. Like, is this a returnable container? Or is this not? Because, like, it's not like gold seal Tupperware. So we always have that moment with containers. Like, do they want it back? Should we send it back? Should we fill it with something new and send it back? Yes, Invisible got some. Yes. Yes. He enjoyed. Yes. No, just keep it. Okay. See, I tried to tell you. I never know. I mean, come on. I grew up with grandmother's Tupperware. Everyone had a full set of it. Wait, grandmother's Tupperware, as in like parquet and uh, country crock bowls, or like Tupperware, Tupperware. Oh, that was good. Um, there we go. Well, first it was the country crock, and then miniature country crock, and then you can't believe it's not butter. So there's your three sizes. Mm-hmm. Then they added a fourth sauce called "Dear God, What Are We Cooking?" called peanut butter buckets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. No, see, no, those were not return bowls. Those were trash bowls. Those are. The clear, plastic, nice lid, those are fancy Tupperware to me. It's like, no, yeah. need to return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. If it says Tupperware or or Anchor Hawking mm-hmm. or, or or any of those things, like, like the good shit. Yeah, Rubbermaid. I'll return a Rubbermaid. Mm-hmm. Like the nice Rubbermaid, not the new disposable Rubbermaid. That's totally different. Oh, yeah, the Cool Whip Balls. Yeah, those were kind of... Don't you hate that moment? That is the worst awesome. thing to ever use as a food storage bowl. Can I just point that out to people? Like, you think you got Cool Whip, you got your little dessert going on, you're getting ready for your Cool Whip, and then you open it, and it's like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Or you open it and it's like ham. Like that just ruins the whole like No, that leads you to a full meal. Well, like I'm pre-trained for like country crock bowls or not country crock. Uh-huh. Not that I ever care for country crock. I'm looking for the real butter anyway. You know. I'm already disappointed when I open a country crock, okay? Yeah. Like, I, I don't really get that much more disappointed. Mm-hmm. But Cool Whip, I get disappointed. Oh. <laughs> no, butter, bowl, butter bowls were the worst. Leftovers are not good to fry with or spread on things. I know, but I was pre-adjusted for that, and I was already, like, depressed enough that, like, well, we're doing the country crock spreadable butter. Uh, flavored margarine. Okay, cool, wonderful, great. Like, I was already there. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, 
finding out it's not like country crock, not really the ruination of Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Though I do think the the masking tape strip with hastily whatevered. Like, because I think my grandmas had that, like, weird scratchy handwriting that you couldn't quite read on masking tape. Don't ask me every time I ever see that. it's It looks like a five-year-old tried to scratch into the lid uh-huh. what was left in here oh, to Lord. die in the back of someone's refrigerator. <sighs> no, um, my grandmother, of course, had restaurants, and the other one, I don't know, was super fucking organized. So they were like stickers about this big. They both had, I think they wiped them together. One of the few things they did. They had the date it was made, what it was, the date you threw it out, and how to reheat it. Oh, God bless. Yeah. Problem is, is those fuckers don't peel off. Mm-mm. Just stack them up. Yeah. It's like... Once in a while, you get to knock the stack over. Mm-hmm. Of course, then again, that's the problem with if you're using, like, like it's one thing if you're doing that on a Tupperware bowl. It's quite another if you're doing it on the, you know, rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the, I can't believe it's not butter. Yes, that is normally I can't believe you're still reusing this container. Yep. <sighs> but, yeah, you know, they will, if they say reuse, recycle. Oh, yeah. Well, the giveaway, not that I've never seen it happen before, the giveaway for me was always that, like, with my grandmother, especially if she was using, like, the parquet or the the whatever, you'd get to that point where the design had changed. Uh Uh-huh. So you immediately had that, hmm, either we've had this for a while. Uh Uh-huh. Quite a while. Uh Uh-huh. Or, uh, wasn't this the design of the packaging like five years ago? Jars never lasted. That like, way. that was your first clue when you went to open it. Like, five year old package design. Oh, yep, yeah, nope, not butter. No, see, the ours never lasted that long, at least for grandmother. Not great. She fed like a fucking army. She couldn't mm-hmm. cook. She, she's like me. And we can go ahead and talk about that. She's like me. I can't cook for one or two. No. Or four. Well, see, that was the problem. See, that was the problem with my grandmother is that stuff ended up in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I know the rest of the world disagrees with this, but my grandmother was a firm believer that if you put it in the freezer, it magically lasts forever. Three years. No, 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 no. Like, no, she was thoroughly convinced if you put it in the freezer, you could serve like. Leftovers from 1976 in, like, 1994. As long as they're not freezer burned. As long as they're not freezer burned, he says. No waste, no waste. But anyhow, you want to tell them what we're up to? Oh, you take it away. So I was busy yesterday. Very busy. I cooked 22 dinners. Mm-hmm. We have now eaten one. Yes. Te- well, no, technically two. Technically two. Technically two. Yeah. 
so I'm tried last week waterfall cooking. This week I took waterfall cooking to the next level with freezer cooking. Well, basically. Yes. So I don't have no to freezers were food. harmed. He didn't cook a freezer. He didn't like deep fat fry a deep freeze. Right. It would have been horrible. That would have been interesting and I want to see the <laughs> fire, but other than that, I yeah. think we're okay. Um basically. Yeah. But anyway, I did twenty two meals, so that means I don't have to cook till Counting the Sunday leftovers. Um, sometime in June. <laughs> After cooking June. Oh, darn. Right. Probably the second or week of June. Probably. Like that. That. I don't know. Let me count it up real quick. So, let's see. Uh, da 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 I think it's going to be like the fourth or fifth. Cool. That should work. One, two, three. Yeah, that should be like the fourth or fifth you'll want to cook. Uh Because you'll be at the end. Okay. Yeah, that is batch cooking to a new level. Thankfully, not the level he took it before where it's like, I wish you would, if you were going to cook something, I wish you would decide to cook meth. Because at least we could have sold that. Hey, I still say we could serve sell my meals at five dollars a plate, and we'd still make money. <laughs> Not when they're sitting out on the kitchen table because there's nowhere else to put them, and we're having to call people on an emergency call of like, "Please come get food." It isn't my fault that you did not go to Walmart and buy me the stand-up deep freeze I wanted. Oh, because that was the problem. Well, technically, the problem was you weren't eating your dinners. You were giving me a bad name in Princeton for being a terrible boyfriend. You know, I didn't eat home-cooked food for every day. I I, I could handle my own, like, food situation. Uh-huh. Sometimes I just wanted to go to Taco Bell. No, Wendy's was your destruction because it was right up the street. Or, you know, sheets or, yeah, Yeah. whatever. Wendy's was always left in the freezer. Well, yeah, that's because Wendy's didn't, you know, usually had leftovers. Yeah. So what I did was I cooked a five-pound bag of chicken, one two-pound meatloaf, one pork loin, and one beef roast. And then divided those up and then made spaghetti and chicken alfredo and chicken and ranch and chicken parmesan and chili mm-hmm. good yes yes so but no it went well it went well i'll film the next one if this one works out that's where i'm at yes yeah and the upside was dishes were really easy tonight yes like, the dishes are done. They're not waiting for me for after the show. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And you can get your big batch meals in smaller portions. Because there's some things that I won't cook if it's just me and him that he can now have. Oh, and I forgot beans. We made bean soup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few different things going there. Mm-hmm. And some of those, mm-hmm. if I remember right, mm-hmm. 
they turn into other things. They're transformer meals. Yes. You could call them that, transformer meals. Right. Yet apparently nobody cooks on YouTube that way. I'm going to search it again because I searched yesterday looking for ideas. Yeah, I've always thought of it as waterfall cooking, which may be part of the problem if you're searching for waterfall cooking. Yeah. But to me, it acts like a waterfall because it, you know, this becomes this becomes this. It's a waterfall. Transformer table. Apparently, there's been Transformer toys. <laughs> well, yes. There are Transformer toys. No. Again. None. No. Uh, well, as, as Brenda says, it is batch cooking. Right. It's just a different take on it. Right. So, but no, that was fun. That took up most of my Monday. If you're wondering where I was, I was slaving away in the kitchen for my poor husband. Uh-huh. Please, he threw five pounds of chicken in the oven and left. Yes. I'm not kidding. He just left. Just, he was gone. I okay. set a timer, thud. While the roast was in the slow cook, while one of the roasts was in the slow cooker, wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, no, it wasn't that big a deal. I'm just sitting here going, while you're claiming to have slaved in the kitchen. Uh-huh. Like, mm, slow your roll there. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, no. So that was handled. So let's get into some news. I think we'll go to entertainment first. Okay. So, yeah, Priscilla Presley agrees to settlement and dispute over Lisa Marie Presley's estate. So that comes to us from CNN. Um, so Priscilla Presley has reached a settlement agreement over her petition questioning the validity of her late daughter, Lisa Marie Presley's will. Mm -hmm. The parties would like to report that they've reached a settlement. Ronson J. Shamoon, Priscilla Presley's attorney, told Judge Lynn Scaduto at a court hearing in Los Angeles on Tuesday. The agreement, the agreement pertains to the Promenade Trust, which names Riley Cano and Lisa Marie Presley's oldest daughter as the beneficiary of her late mother's estate. Details of the agreement were not discussed in court. Attorneys for the parties said they planned to file a motion to seal the settlement agreement. The judge asked for the settlement and the motion to seal be filed by June 12th and set another hearing in the case for August 4th. The families are happy, Shamoon told reporters outside court. Everyone is happy, unified, together, and excited for the future. Justin Gold, attorney for Riley Cano, told CNN she is very content. Lisa Marie Presley, Elvis Presley's only child, died in January after being hospitalized following a an apparent cardiac arrest at her California home. Priscilla Presley disputed a 2016 amendment to her daughter's will, which states that Lisa Marie Presley removed her mother and former business manager, Barry Siegel, as co-trustees, replacing them with her children, Riley and Benjamin Cano. Benjamin Cano later died in 2020. 
The petition filed in January and obtained by CNN alleged that Priscilla Presley did not receive the amendment while her daughter was alive as required by her trust and that the document misspells Priscilla's name. The petition also alleged that the amendment was not witnessed or notarized and questioned the authenticity of Lisa Marie Presley's signature. Mm -hmm. That's just really weird. Lisa Marie Presley's cause of death remains under review, according to the Los Angeles County Coroner. That's just so weird. Yeah. <sighs> well, not only that, but it's kind of weird in general, this whole situation. Um, you know, like, I would think that she would have took every step in action legally. Like, what's her lawyers doing? Surely they're not, you know, messing around and doing nothing. True. Well, I mean, but, you know, the misspelled name, the, like, a lot of that was, because I'm sorry, I'm sitting here going, well, like, one, no one expects to, uh, for their child to predecease them. Right. Which is part of the issue here. Right. Um, and then turn around and, like, yeah, that's a lot of problems. Right with that like it wasn't witnessed or notarized it mm -hmm. misspelled her name right and didn't follow the agreements for the trust mm -hmm. and then the signatures wonky yeah again like, like what's her I, like i would have taken that to court yeah i would have taken it to court i'm glad they've reached an agreement but i think that it's a really weird however that the grandmother is challenging that the grandchildren get the trust of their mother? Um, yeah. I... It's, I don't know, it's just weird. And then I think it's a really weird sentence right. that the lawyer states, the families are happy. Everyone is happy, unified together and excited for the future. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's called, you know, scandal and looking bad. Like, yeah, that's a little weird. It is. But, you yeah. know, and how far is this going to go is my question. Like, where where are we headed with this? Where is it headed in general? You know, this is not the only Star's estate that has problems. Michael Jackson's estate had problems, which I'm sure affected Lisa Marie Presley's estate. You know, all these estates have problems. Like, what the hell, you lawyers? You're getting paid more than you're worth to handle big-name estates. Right? You know, smaller estates still need to get their crap together, but really... You don't even know how to spell the beneficiary or non-beneficiary's names? Yeah, that's that's some issues. Yeah. Like, I mean, it kind of points to maybe she was inebriated. Possibly. Or, I mean, that's very weird. That's just where I'm at. That is very right. weird. Yeah. Like, I, I would be concerned. I'd, I'd want some answers. Like, what y'all doing? Yeah. What doing? But how's it legal? Mm -hmm. Of course, then again, like, 
I mean, I, I still think it's kind of a shock for everyone that Lisa Marie died. Right. Like, did anyone else have that first moment when it was like, oh, well, how sick? And then, wait a minute, that was his daughter, not his wife. Right. <laughs> like, that was the reaction I had. Right. And then like, the question is how much is really left? Because we're going on, what, 50 years of that estate? Well, that is a good question, is how much is left. But then again, didn't the estate still own all of his copyright? Oh, yeah. Like that's the reason he done I'll never love you. Oh, he didn't do um I'll always love you is because he couldn't Dolly Dolly would not give up his, her copyright. Right. Um, which probably would have been a really cool song for him to do, but I'm just sitting here going, Yeah, no, he's still getting or the estate is still getting residuals, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. By the truckload. Let's see. Well, and then aren't there still Graceland tours? Yep. So, yeah, I'm sure that makes tons of money. Of course, of course. Um, so, yeah. Oh, hell. In 1993... Okay, so sorry, Wikipedia. Let's go through the Elvis Presley estate. After Elvis Presley's death at Graceland on August 1677, his will appointed his father, Vernon Presley, executor and trustee. The beneficiaries of the trust were Vernon, Elvis's grandmother, Minnie Mae Presley, and Lisa Marie, whose inheritance was to be held in trust until her 25th birthday. After <laughs> Vernon Presley's death in 1979, Elvis's former wife, Priscilla Presley, was named as one of the uh, of three trustees in his will. The others were the National Bank of Commerce in Memphis and Joseph Hanks, who had been the Presley's accountant. With Minnie Mae Presley's death in 1980, Lisa Marie became the only surviving beneficiary. In 1993, Presley inherited her father's estate on her 25th birthday, which, thanks largely to the stewardship of her mother, had grown to an estimated 100 million. In 1998, Presley became more closely involved in the management of the Elvis Presley Trust and its business entity, Elvis Presley Enterprises, Inc. And until February 2005, she was the owner and chairman of the board when she sold 85% of the estate's business holdings to CKX, Inc., excluding Graceland itself and the property within it. Following Presley's death, her three daughters were expected to inherit Graceland. However, her mother Priscilla changed a 2016 uh, challenged a 2016 amendment that Presley had made to her estate, removing Priscilla's trustee and naming her two oldest children. One of these two, Presley's son Benjamin, died by suicide in 2020, leaving Raleigh as sole trustee. My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I don't think um, they're they're in any um, dire straits. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, like, if it was at 100 million and 93. Right. Like, unless she just, like, woo, blew through it. Right. 
which can happen, bad business investments, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah, doubtful. Right. I mean, I, I would say it was probably pretty right. tightly controlled. Oh, probably. And there should be probably rules and restrictions and all that. I don't know. Lisa Marie hasn't had a crap. Like, I don't remember Lisa Marie having a bunch of, like, craziness surrounding her. No, she didn't. Like, she was pretty calm, like, kept her stuff together, like, yeah. you know. But she grew up out of the spotlight. True. Yeah. I mean, that was probably the benefit, as horrible as it is to say, right. of her father's death. Right was she basically got out of the spotlight the majority of it mm -hmm. before like it really sunk in who her father was but you know what i mean yeah like i don't know maybe that's wrong to say but and i don't mean that was a good thing that her father died i mean that was probably one of the few yeah Benefits. positives huge positives yeah, so it'll be interesting. Unfortunately, we will not know what goes on because this is under seal. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, I was also looking back through. Like, she also had a career of her own. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Uh, debut album to whom it may concern in 2003, which reached number five on the Billboard 200 chart. Um, she's co-authored a few different songs. Um, yeah, no, she's had a career as well, so she should have her own royalties coming in as well. Right. As long as she followed the, the family tradition of keep the fucking copyright. Exactly. Don't sell that shit. Right. You know, because that'll make money after money after money. Even on bad, you know, Hawaiian movies that you're really not doing. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. Well, not to mention how much did she inherit from Michael Jackson? Um, well, get in the divorce, I guess, is the more appropriate. Right. I don't think that was publicly offered up. Yeah, because she's been married one, two, three, four times. Mm -hmm. And divorced four times. Right. So, yeah, between Danny, Michael, Nicolas Cage. Right. And uh, Michael Lockwood. Right. Uh, I mean... saying yeah i don't think she was struggling for money no i think she was very comfortable it's sad to hear you know that she followed her father into a heart attack oh is that with her so far yeah cardiac arrest okay because it looked like there was still some disagreement as to like because i mean fundamentally everyone dies of cardiac arrest right the why. The why is the bigger picture. All right, so let's jump over to the end of Trump, hopefully, according to this legal opinion. 
Oh, we hope. So this is from 1945. Donald Trump's end has finally arrived. So did Donald Trump encourage his supporters to act at the 2021 Stop the Steal rally on January 6, 2021 to be held responsible for the assault of Capitol Hill that day? If you believe the conclusions of the United States House Select Committee that investigated the January 6th attack, you clearly blame Trump for the insurrection. But back earlier in the year, a judge wrote that Trump was responsible for directly influencing one rioter, rioter's actions on that day. This ruling might influence other civil cases against the former president for his words on January 6th. Um, so federal district judge Colleen Culler Coatley wrote an 18-page opinion that a Trump supporter, quote, followed then-President Trump's instructions, end quote, in breaking the law. Months back, Deneen McAndrew of California was convicted of violent entry and disorderly conduct at the Capitol complex. The judge in the three-day bench trial, a trial without a jury, determined that Trump was at least partially responsible for McAndrew's actions. The judge said McAndrew was, quote, heeding the call of former President Trump, and she continued onwards to stop the steal. Kohler Coatley wrote, and at this stop the steal rally, then President Trump eponymously uh, extorted his supporters to, in fact, stop the steal by marching to the Capitol. Um, at the time, Trump's spokesperson Liz Harrington disagreed with the judge in a rejoinder reported by Axios, stating that Donald Trump, quote, urged the crowd to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Harrington said the judge specifically left these words out of her opinion document. Setting a precedent uh, brings up a question. Um, so other convicted writers have claimed Trump guided their unlawful action on January 6th. Dustin Byron Thompson of Ohio was found guilty last April of blamed Trump for his activities in the attack on Capitol grounds. Thompson uh, uh, claimed that Trump gave him, quote, presidential orders. Thompson was sentenced in November to serve 36 months for his transgressions. The California judge's opinion on the McAndrew case is noteworthy because it appears to be in step with findings from January 6th Congressional Committee investigation. This could create a precedent in which other judges will also cite Trump's culpability. These opinions could be used in civil cases against Trump for allegedly inciting the rioters. Yep. Well, um, so, yeah, that... Yeah. Well, because now here's the next part of this is Trump has made a federal appeal to be immune from civil lawsuits regarding January 6th. Trump is facing lawsuits from police officers and members of Congress that are based on evidence that he allegedly fired up the crowd, for instance, by telling his supporters to fight like hell. Mm -hmm. Trump's lawyers have maintained that he was performing regular presidential duties in his capacity of speech giving and therefore should be immune from civil lawsuits. Trump attorney Jesse Bennall told the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit that Donald Trump was simply commenting on outside events, outside events which is in his power of practicing uh, the bully pulpit that other presidents use to rightfully communicate. 
Reuter said in December that a 1982 U.S. Supreme Court ruling held that presidents cannot be sued over their official acts. However, U.S. District Judge uh, Amit Mehta in Washington, D.C. ruled in February last year that Trump's speech before the riots did not fall under his scope of duties. This allowed the lawsuits to proceed. See, and this is my thing. If there is negligence there, if there is conspiracy charges there, why is he not charged? Answer me that, prosecutor. Of every one of these states, why is he not charged? Well, I think right now part of it is this is becoming the foundation for it. Mm-hmm. Is that what he did mm-hmm. was originally considered just another speech by a president that was part of his official yeah. duties. Right. So, eh, he fired up the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems to be the approach that, that everyone assumed was valid based on that 82 opinion. Right. So, eh, he was given a speech. Right. You know, eh, well, like, that shouldn't happen, but, you know, that was official duty. Right. So, you know, generally the theory was if, you know, something comes of a presidential speech, oops. Yeah, see, and that's that's and it should not be an oops. That should be uh you're fired. Well, I mean, there's probably other situations in which like something a president has said could inadvertently mm-hmm. like indirectly. Mm-hmm. I mean there have been some powerful presidential speeches over the years. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, JFK's, you know, you know, do what, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Yeah, that one's pretty benign. That inspired a lot of people, but it didn't really inspire them to violent action. No, it did not inspire them to violent action. Um... Oh, I'm just trying to remember real quick. Um, so, because I want to make sure I said, um, so June 12th, 1987, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. Uh-huh. One could argue that was a pretty insightful speech on the Berlin Wall. Yeah, and it went down too. Uh, yes, it did. I think it went down as that speech occurred. Most likely, yes. But also, Gorbachev agreed to it being torn down. I mean, that was the announcement of it. And then right, the but it didn't get out. torn down through official capacities. Like, you had people rioting and tearing down a fucking wall. Yeah, you know, like, Texas should take note. I mean, the upside being this didn't happen in the U.S., and it was not an action that was directed against members of, you know, a, a political party right. or part of the, the you know, bigger legislative body. Um, but it did do some property damage. Yeah. Like, that wall didn't come down peacefully. <laughs> you know, and that happens unfortunately um but it's like things happen things go through speeches but this was insane speaking of the riots we have another one going to the jail surprise surprise 
Oh, we got another article coming through for me. Um, but I already sent it to you, but I'll send it to you again. Wounded man who invaded the Senate with a knife. Oh, there it is. Oh, so an Alabama man was sentenced on Tuesday to nearly two years in prison for storming the U.S. Capitol and invading the Senate floor with a knife on his hip and a gaping wound on his face. A police officer shot Joshua Matthew Black in his left cheek with a crowd control munition outside the Capitol during the riot on January 6, 2021. The bloody hole in his face didn't stop Black from occupying the Senate with other rioters after lawmakers evacuated the chamber. Black was a notorious offender during the attack on the Capitol, prosecutors wrote in a court filing. The nation was shocked and appalled at the events of January 6, and perhaps no other incident sparked as much outrage and distress as Black and other rioters' occupation of the Senate chamber. Prosecutors had recommended a five-year prison sentence for Black, 47, of Leeds, Alabama, a suburb of Birmingham. U.S. District Judge Amy Berman Jackson uh, sentenced Black to 22 months in prison, followed by two years of supervised release, according to court records. Black didn't testify, testify before the judge convicted him in January of five charges, including three felonies, after hearing uh, trial testimony without a jury. Jackson also acquitted him of one count, obstructing a congressional proceeding. Black joined the mob that disrupted the January 6th joint session of Congress for certifying President Joe Biden's 2020 electoral victory, but the judge concluded that the prosecutors didn't prove Black knowingly intended to obstruct or impede the proceedings. Okay. Really, prosecutors, you couldn't get that one across? Anywho, defense attorney Clark Fleckinger said Black, an evangelical Christian, was motivated by his religious beliefs. Black believed God directed him to go to Washington so he could plead the blood of Jesus on the uh, plead the blood of Jesus. Okay, that's what it says. On the Senate floor to foster congressional atonement for what he perceived to be the transgressions of a corrupt uh, Democratic Party and Republican Party, Fleckinger wrote in a court filing. All righty. Um, so, yeah. Seven, yeah. 14 years, 19 have received prison sentences of five years or longer, according to the Associated Press. This is my question. Is he going to be allowed to vote when he comes out? Oh, that depends upon if Alabama will do reinstatement or not. Um... Uh, let's see. So Alabama um, guidelines for Alabama voters convicted of crimes. Um, all right. So ineligible convictions not pardonable are treason and impeachment. You cannot restore your voting rights if you have either of these convictions or if you were sentenced to death. Um, ineligible convictions pardonable are murder, rape, sodomy, sexual abuse, sexual torture, enticing a child to enter a vehicle for immoral purposes, 
Soliciting a child by computer, production of obscene matter, parents or guardians permitting children to engage in obscene matter, possession of obscene matter, possession with intent to distribute child pornography. Those are pardonable uh, convictions. Um, And then there's... Okay, so there is a certificate of eligibility to register to vote, CERV eligible uh, convictions, are manslaughter, assault, kidnapping, first or second degree, human traffic, first or second, terrorism, soliciting or providing support for terrorism, hindering prosecution of terrorism, endangering the water supply, possession, manufacture, transport, or distribution of a destructive device or biological weapon, selling, furnishing, or giving away a destructive device or biological weapon, possession, manufacture, transport, or distribution of a detonator, explosive prisoner, uh, poison, or hoax device. Um, blah, 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 blah. So what was his charges again? I'm sorry. I've, I've... I'm trying to get to the prayer relief. Yeah... Black's felony conviction under Section 1752 and 52 subject to his uh, maximum fine of $250,000 whether imposing a fine sentence should should consider the defendant's income, earnings, blah, 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 uh, due to Black's recent receipts of donations from the Lumberjack Logic Podcast, a governor requests the court impose a fine equal to his realized uh, realizes the contributions, which appear to be eight hundred and seven dollars. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna go with yes. He can get his voting rights back. Hmm. Oh, so other convictions. That was the rest of the sheet. If you have not been convicted of a crime in the black, red, or yellow boxes, which I was reading previously then you have not been convicted of a crime of moral turpitude. You have never lost your right to vote. That's interesting. Uh, Imminent authority of ordered revolution. uh, Two general statutes such as first the victim and the witness protest. Oh, God, the case law is terrible. Alabama district, come on. Pretty much. So whatever the three felonies were that he got convicted of, unless they are treason and impeachment, he either will get his rights back or he can get his rights back. Yeah, see, I want to see all of them stripped of voter rights. Yeah. I, I, I can understand that one. Not, not. <laughs> Is domestic terrorism not on that list? He was um, that. It is on the list. Um, terrorism, soliciting or providing support for terrorism, hindering prosecution of terrorism. All of those are uh, certificate of eligibility to register to vote, um, like pardonable. As long as he is, um, okay, so you can apply for a certificate of eligibility to register to vote if you have no pending criminal charges, 
completed full sentence, uh, parole or probation, or been pardoned, and paid all fines, fees, and restitution ordered at the time of sentence on the disqualifying felony. Yeah. So, basically, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be the obstruction already process he was cleared of. Entering or main restricted building on the with grounds of deadly weapon, disorderly conduct, conducting restricted building, unlawful possession of dangerous weapon on Capitol grounds, entering and remaining on the floor of Congress, disorderly conduct on the Capitol. Um so looking at this, he is not allowed to vote until he completes his parole and reappears to the judge. So that's at least five years. Yeah, roughly, yeah. Yep. And makes full restitution and does anything else. Yeah, that's $250,000 in fines with quarterly interest of 1.2%. But weren't you also reading something about it sounded like he was uh, uh, getting donations? Yeah, so $807 from a podcast. Oh, wow! Oh, goodness. Yeah, because according to his thing, that you know, he his mowing lawns really don't make him that much money. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah. So, it'll be a while for him to get that done. Yeah. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll be talking about Jupiter smacking into the bowl. everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here from Rowan Temple of Light, and I'm here to tell you about our events Alrighty. this summer. First up is Beltane in the Hills, May 13th, and that is from 1 to 6. We have entertainment, we have a bunch of vendors, we have a fairy photo shoot, it's going to be exciting. If you have any questions, uh, reach out to Earth Magic or to myself. Um, after that, we have uh, Central West Virginia Pagan Pride, August 19th. That's at Holly Gray Park from 11 to 5 for the day. And we will have Sarah Masters coming down from Pittsburgh to be our keynote speaker. We have some great classes for that. So, if you want to get involved, reach out to Rowan Temple of Light at Gmail or just follow us along on Facebook at Rowan Temple of Light, and we look forward to seeing you out in the community. See you there. Welcome back, goblins. My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month, in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your most spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. 
So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site. It'll connect you to Keen, and if you've not been with Keen before, you'll get three free minutes to talk with me, so that's great for a quick answer question. Alright guys, back to the show. Enjoy. Bye y'all. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y. B-A-N-N dot com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. All right. All right. Well, Shannon, thanks for joining us. Sorry you were late. It's okay. Grab your coffee. It's still warm sitting there. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's good. All righty. Yep. All righty, then. Let's, let's talk about Jupiter in Taurus, which happens today. It happened at 1.20 p.m. ET. Yes. Go for it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I have the article. What? Was it ready? I know we said it. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was looking for a leak. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, let's get there. I'm getting there. All right. So, Jupiter enters Taurus after the urgency of Aries. Jupiter slows down and grounded Taurus as we spend the next year learning to enjoy the ride of life. Over the next few months, we are here to appreciate the small, sensual pleasures of life. Remember, it's the journey, not the destination, that matters. Yeah, sometimes I think the destination matters. Hello, Taurus. What are you up to? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Jupiter enters the place of the bull on Tuesday, May 16th at 1.20 p.m., where... It will remain until May 25th. Jupiter expands and glides all it touches, and it will lend its light to the sign of money, com competition, assets of pleasure, and plenty. We also notice a tangible sh shift when Jupiter takes its leave of Aries and takes up to, and takes up with Taurus. Aries lives loud and talks bold. It's Important idea chaotic initially investigating immoral masculine energy by contrast Taurus is a feminine sign meaning it's more a passive relaxed sign not sexuality which independent expresses its activity and investment embodies and stabilizes. if Aries reads uh, read readily is the earth Taurus calls it into being and gloom, that's a hard fucking sentence. Authors, come on. Um, it takes the flame of the inspiration that is Aries and foregoes something tangible of value. Jupiter and Aries is about 
being the big bad enough bad bitch um believe you deserve everything and jupiter and taurus is cashing in on that confidence all well and good but let us not forget the underlying bull greed land lion grabbing materialism and control are all reaped on the dark side of this transit what does this all mean what are we all glean how does your fate and fortune afford you well <coughs> you have to understand that jupiter is the beneficial planet as long as he stays out of retrograde we're normally pretty good taurus is our stable money maker um tending to keep everything in comfortability put them together it's going to be big money well, and it sounds like this is basically like bull in a china shop, but good. Yes. It's like imagine all the chaos of like bull in a china shop, mm -hmm. but to good effect. So, you know, it, it may be one of those things where you're kind of like, oh my God. And then, oh my God. Right. Like the two sides of that where like, you know, you're, for instance, not wishing this on anyone, but like you wreck your crappy car, mm -hmm. but you get a massive insurance payout for it. Right. Like it's that kind of like, yeah. Sit. Sorry, guys, we're still dealing with the three-year-old. If your dog's all set, great. If not, work on them. Oh, Devin points out or asks, is Jupiter and Taurus going to cause folks to make decisions they wouldn't otherwise make? Yes. Yes. <laughs> they will make decisions on things that is like, huh? How did you do that? And it'll be like, yeah, assign the paperwork. Car so it's very, uh, so it, it's very much uh, YOLO energy. Yeah. Only live once. Woo! Right. Very much. Out of a plan. You only live once, but you're going to be able to pull off stunts you wouldn't be able to do. Um, you're going to have the confidence to do it. Okay. That type of thing. But bigger is better, and better is bigger. <laughs> go big or go home. Yep. Um, so it'll be That's fun and cool. stable. Okay. Um, oh, Devin says, oh, dear, that explains my major screw-up. Yep. Oh, Shannon says, my hypermobility would argue otherwise. Yep. And Brenda says, Joe, keep him away from cars. No need to keep me away. I found what I wanted. I have. Yeah, but what she doesn't know is we're taking another road trip tomorrow. I know. And it's all interstate. It is. It is. So smart cruise will be on and we can enjoy the ride. Very good. Very good. Yes, please use cruise control. I will. We don't screw around when we drive in certain states. No, we don't. Again, I enjoy. I found the car I want. Now I just got to figure out how to pay for it. Hello, Jupiter. Come over here. We need you to go to the loan office with us. 
Oh, yeah. Shannon says, look, I need this energy to leave my kid alone for a bit. Yep. Okay. It's, it's more of a lull. Like, I know that's not going to happen, but it would be nice. Not till the 25th. Utilize it. <laughs> oh. Oh, they did get her results back from her MRI. She's getting referred to a pediatric liver specialist. Ooh. Oh, I need some lemon juice. Oh, yes, he is uh, used to crash avoidance now. It's been nice. Yes. He's only played with it in limited uh, amounts. As in, you haven't intentionally thrown it on. No, I haven't intentionally thrown it on. Um, it did get quite annoying at one point in the drive home. Okay. Um, and that was when we went through Summersville and those two cars, like, pissed it off. Understandably. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that was that was a moment in, in intersections. Right. Because we were going straight down the road. These two cars were coming across the road, and they basically went after the light. Right. And so, yeah, their, their convergence passing each other. Yeah. Yeah, it really ticked off the car. Yeah. It was just like, Argh! <laughs> All right. It's okay. Calm down. Oh, and yes, Jupiter be, uh, says Shannon. And yes, Jupiter be nice to me. I like work plans, potentially making 20000 more a year with what they are setting up. Uh-huh. See, that's Jupiter energy. Well, I don't know. It, but, like, would Jupiter energy technically also be like, go ask for twenty-five? No, Jupiter energy would be like, oh. Take the money. Take the money. Fair Here's enough. I was just curious how to apply that. Yeah, here's your path. Like, is this a situation where you look twenty thousand in the uh, uh, dollars in the mouth and be like, "Nah, I want more." No, this is a situation where it's like, "Oh, you're going to get add twenty thousand to my salary." Well, thank you, and it's going to be retroactive from the first of the year. Well, thank you. <laughs> Shannon's like, "I'm taking it." <laughs> like, no. They offer me twenty thousand. I'm taking twenty thousand. Shut up, Joe. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I'm just curious because, like, the way the energy is described, mm -hmm. like, it sounds like it might, could be a moment yep. where it's like, oh, you're only offering me 20000 Screw that. Like, YOLO. Yeah. All right, so let's go over to some common relationship advice. All right. So we're starting with relationship advice? No. We'll go down oh. your asshole first. Okay, I was curious. I'm just letting you know I found it. Oh, you found relationship advice. Cool. Yes, I got it up. Right. Alrighty. So we're ready? We're yep. ready to find out if I'm the asshole? Yes. We're sure? Yes. Okay. Am I the asshole for letting my daughter keep her sketchbook at my house after her mom looked through it without permission? So to start, I have 50-50 custody of my daughter, Claire, 12 female, 
with my ex-wife, Jessica. Jessica is married to Chris, 40 male, who has two kids, Addie, seven female, and Luke, 10 male. Claire spends one week at my place, one week with her mom. Sunday is the swap day. Two weeks ago, Claire had a huge fight with her step-siblings. Apparently, they snuck into her room when she was away and went through her stuff, breaking some of her important items in the process, and Claire screamed at them when she found out. Jessica and Chris wrote off Addie and Luke's behavior as kids will be kids. I disagree. I think that Addie and Luke need a reality check for their behavior and that they shouldn't get away with it. However, they said that Claire's reaction was, quote, over the top, quote, and, quote, a sign that there's something wrong with her. Jessica decided that she needed to, quote, find out what's in Claire's head, end quote, and so she confiscated Claire's sketchbook, which Claire uses to get her feelings out, and went through it. Apparently, what she found was, quote, disturbing. Uh, Clara showed me her sketchbook before, and no, it isn't, and took Claire to a psychologist for evaluation. Spoiler alert, they didn't find anything. My daughter is completely mentally healthy, save for, surprise, surprise, stress from her step-siblings. Anyway, I got Claire last Sunday, and she spent her first few hours with me holed up in her room, sketching, I think. At dinner, she told me what happened, and I surprised her with pancake breakfast the next morning to make her feel better. Before I gave her back to Jessica, Claire asked me to keep her sketchbook at my house so her mom wouldn't look through it. I said yes, and she went over to her mom's place without it. Yesterday, I got a text from Jessica. She said that she was worried that Claire forgot her sketchbook because when she went to confiscate it, it wasn't where Clara usually keeps it. She then asked me to arrange a time and place for her to pick it up. I said that the sketchbook was with me and that I decided to keep it because I didn't want it confiscated again. I didn't want to throw Claire under the bus here. In hindsight, lying probably wasn't the best idea. She said that I was being an asshole because she has, quote, a right to her daughter's mind. End quote. I said that I was worried because of how she handled it last time she went through it. She restated her previous point, and I did not respond. It's been about a day since that conversation. I'm starting to question my choice. Am I the asshole? No. Nah. That's hell of a roller coaster, don't you think? Right. Oh. oh, come on. We see it. I see it all the time with teen, with parents, with teens that believe they don't need to have privacy. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, you, you don't own your child's mind. No, you don't own your child. You get a period of time to try to influence their opinion and behavior. Right. Don't own the mind. All right, let's take some comments here. All right, my sketch pad and notebook of poems would have probably horrified that mom. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, she does. If she's worried, take the kid to to a therapy. She took her to a psychologist. Psychologist told her to handle her stepchildren. Basically. Yep. 
She's not entitled to shit there. Exactly. No. Um, you know, Claire has two homes. What <clears throat> she has in each home by herself, or the mother can go to the judge and have the judge listen to her. Yeah, which the judge is going to be like, are we seriously here right now for this? Well, furthermore, the judge is going I would to think. Like, I, I like. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. I'm just I going. Think the judge I would, would think. order the mother to therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mom needs a therapist, says Brenda. I am with you. I think she she needs. I I think there's some family problems there that are yes. starting with the uh, ex-wife and new husband. Mm-hmm. Like and... I think father should use this as an example and go for full custody and child support. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, basically, I think as a parent, you should be more horrified that you're, mm, though, see, that's probably where his lying didn't help. Mm -hmm. At least in terms of the mother figuring it out on her own, mm -hmm. that if your child is now storing their sketch pad away from you, yes, that you might have crossed some boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't know. Then again, I'm not a parent. I'm just going, like, I think there's limits to how much you can cross, a, across like, those. Because she is a tween. Yeah. I don't know that she needs 100%, like, total freedom. I'm just going, this is the point where you really got to start with the, the whole boundaries and respect thing. Right. And be really clear, like, what you're doing and why. Right. And you really have to, like, start teaching, you know, and accepting that you're going to fail. Right. And be willing to apologize when you overstep and screw up as a parent. Right. Um, because this is should be kind of that breakdown of the parent as God moment. Yeah. When psychologists have said she's perfectly mentally healthy, other than yeah. problems the, the with stress of the sibling, the siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like this is one of those periods for any kid. The 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 more like you had the first like eleven years, right roughly 10 to 11 years to like drill and control right like drill everything into them that you can and control as much of their behavior as you could right um this is the point where like you're not gonna spank it out of her right you're not gonna control it out of her right um the best you can hope for is that it's you know, abnormal behavior and you can therapy it out of her, which right. a therapist has already said, nope. Right. You're like, your kid's fine. You're a little screwy as a parent and her siblings are stressing her out. You might want to work on that. Correct. Um, uh, another commenter. My dad was a big control freak and even he didn't go through my things like that. Yeah.
Sushana says, my mom would hop around looking for someone to tell her what she wanted to hear. Got very upset when she couldn't find someone to do that. Apparently being opinionated is not a million mental illness. If so, political people are in trouble. All right. This should be a fun relationship. When the poll is up on aceandnight.com, uh, YouTube page, go ahead and vote. Either dad is an asshole for maintaining his daughter's possession or dad is not the asshole. <coughs> All right. All right. So on to relationship advice. My 34 male husband is using weaponized incompetence to not help me, 30 female, with cooking. Me, 30 female, and my husband, 34 male, have a toddler and a one-month-old baby. I'm a stay-at-home mom, and he works full-time. Normally, I cook dinner about five to six nights a week. Well, with having a new baby, I have been a lot busier and also a lot more tired. So I haven't always been able to get dinner started on time for him, and sometimes I just don't have the energy. I always cook when he works, though. On his days off, I've been asking my husband to start dinner for me while I take care of the baby, and he has been acting like he doesn't know how to start cooking chicken, for example. I've told him how multiple times. He's also seen me cook a ton of times, and he himself has cooked in the past a ton of times. I started cooking dinner exclusively a couple years ago, and now he's acting like he forgets how or doesn't know how I do it so that he won't have to. And then acting super grumpy about having to help cook. Like when I go into the kitchen to take over cooking, he will just give me a really stern, mad look. And when I ask him why he looked at me like that, he will just walk away. Yesterday, he was off work, and I didn't feel like cooking at all after an extremely busy day. And he went into the kitchen complaining I didn't get anything for him to eat at the store. I do all the shopping as well. <coughs> I told him I did get a few things, but mostly stuff to cook if he wanted to make dinner. He acted like he couldn't do it and made a sandwich instead, but complained about being hungry several times that evening. It's really annoying that he's acting so helpless about food. He never used to be this way before we had kids and he would cook as much as I did. I need advice on how to address this in a way that won't make him feel mad or like I'm attacking him. How do I communicate that he's making things harder when I need help? I don't tell him. Don't accuse him. Just say, look, I'm doing now two full-time jobs. You're doing one. You can either take care of the baby or I can cook, and I can cook dinner. Or you can cook dinner. Your choice. One of the two. Change a diaper or, you know, cook a meal. But also, on the other side of this, I think you should take your low, your high energy days and use them to your benefit. Waterfall cooking, transformational cooking, freezer cooking, casserole cooking, slow cooker cooking. Maybe Batch cooking, cooking, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Um, so Brenda's going with she quit taking care of him and is taking care of the baby. He's jealous. Agreed. I I think there's some truth to that. I'm wondering if there's like something else going on at work mm -hmm. that's got him a little extra. Mm -hmm. Or if he's just feeling the pressure of the second baby. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know how to do this. I can understand if you haven't cooked in a couple of years, you can kind of get a little glitchy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't cook for a while, you do kind of glitch every, like... I don't know, honey. I've been cooking since 13. Right. Well, but since you took over cooking and and I don't get to do that much anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that I, I don't. Right. Um, it, it does sometimes, I, I have moments where things I've done a million times, I get a little glitchy at. Uh-huh. That, like, I just, it's an unused muscle. It's a little weak. Uh-huh. Um, but granted, that's after, like, what, five, five-ish years? Five-ish years. Yeah. Like, you cooked amazingly. Well, but I still glitch at stuff. Like, right. my timing's off, and I do have moments where when I go to do stuff, uh-huh. it's like I have to either stop or look at a recipe. Like, I have to stop and think it through. Uh-huh. Or I have to go look back at a recipe to remember, okay, what the hell am I doing? Right. Um, Because, and this is stuff that I've done repeatedly. Yeah. That it's just one of those things that when you're not over and over and over, mm-hmm. it, it kind of... Right. Wait, do I do that first or do I do this first? And, like, how do I... Right. Um, like, I especially glitch on when I have to start stuff so that everything gets done at the same time. I really have to think hard on that now. Right. Um, whereas before, it was like, you know, a reflex. Well, you start this because this takes this long. You start that then because mm-hmm. it takes roughly that long. And then you start this other thing in between those two. Right. Because it takes, like, this long. Right. And that can be the problem there, too. You can choose one of three ways here. You can either confront it head on, continue being pissed off, or find a workaround. Yeah. I'm tempted to be like, just order really expensive delivery. Mm-hmm. The next time he complains, order really super expensive delivery. Uh-huh. And see how quick he can figure out how to cook in the kitchen. Right. Because I don't think with two new kids... A hundred dollar delivery bill, right, is going to go over as anything other than we need to figure out how to cook, right. Though I tend to be a little bit passive aggressive, right. At least in that regard, like, all right, you you don't remember how to cook, you don't want to help, right. I'll solve the problem. I will put dinner on the table, right. <laughs> Like, of course, then again, in a previous point in my life, I quit cooking. Mm-hmm. Like, if one does bitch enough about my cooking, like my father did, mm-hmm. I will stop doing it. Yeah. Like, good luck. You're on your own. We're eating out. Like, I'm done. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to do this every day. Yep. Oh, so Brenda said just a tad, Joe. What? I, I don't know, just a tad? More info, Brenda. Like, I, I, I'm i sure that came in at a point that it would have, or as in, 
when you saw it, that probably came in at a point in which it made perfect sense, but now we're a few seconds ahead, and now I'm lost. I'm trying to, oh, the passive aggressive. Yes, I I can be a little like I will solve this. Uh huh. Don't like it, but you just you know. Oh, so Shannon goes with my household. We say uh, coma burrita, eat shit. Uh huh. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I was I was a little passive aggressive over the, the over dad's complaining about my cooking. Was I was like that's it. I'm not cooking. Yeah. Like, I. I guess... of that. But I tend to have the fine. You won't do it. I'll make ways to do it. Mm-hmm. I can spend $40 at a Taco Bell. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just saying. So, I, I an average order for us now. It wasn't in 1998. No. In 1998, I got by with $3. I know. In 1998, when I started this, I got pissed off. And if I remember correctly, I went to uh, Taco Bell and spent $40, went home, dad's expecting change, and he was quite angry. And I went, well, get used to it. Uh huh. So I had a lovely meal. He was pissed. I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to continue to listen to you. All right, so Devin has a question. So Shannon says, my hubby would complain about my cooking, and she'd tell him that I looked it up and started saying it to him, too. She learned it from her mother-in-law. It's shit. <laughs> Fair enough. But, no, like, I don't know. It's kind of like this past month I've gotten to the thing of, fine, you won't be my roadblock. You'll be my bridge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I like see part of it was dad was a little bit spoiled by mom. Uh huh. Because dad kind of had this weirdo, well, semi weirdo. There are a lot of people that have it. I think dad probably took it to a bit of an extreme. Right. Um, theory that as you know, the the sole provider head of household. Uh-huh. That he deserved to eat better than the rest of us. Um, in addition to have everything served to, like, one, whatever he wanted, and served to him on a silver tray in the living room. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm not making two different meals for two people. No. Like, I don't have, I didn't have time. I, you know what I mean? I'm a teenager. I have school. I have homework. Yep. I don't have time left for that crap. Oh, so yeah, apparently when the kids would complain, same thing, says Shannon. They don't, they don't say it in Spanish though. They'll just go eat shit then. Um, oh, there we go. So, all right. You ready for Devin? Yeah, let's see what Devin has. All right, Devin31678. Will these, quote, people stop messaging me asking what's going on? No, they're nosy little asses. They're looking for the 411. Now, you can use this to your benefit. You know the situation. You also know the new opportunity coming your way. I would feed them shit. 
like what's going on well you know jupiter has entered into mars jupiter has entered into taurus and you know mars is dancing its happy ass in leo i'm feeling pretty what about you there you go you know don't give them the meal they're expecting give them the meal they deserve which is nosy gossip of astrology And, you know, for some reason, people are messaging from the past. Just let them see it. Well, that's just kind of a thing that happens. Yeah. Like, everything old is new again. Right. People pop back up. Right. Right. All righty. So, we have coffee and tea on Thursday at 8 p.m. We have um, Mountain Bears Friday at 8 p.m. And then we will have Psychic of the Clans. We did not have Psychic of the Clans this week because Asen was toast. <laughs> it's been a while since Asen had done the drive, the job, the sleep up, the drive, the dinner. Yeah, Asen was toast. Uh, I think it's the last time he ever rents a car in his own name. No, no, no. It'll be, it's not the last time I ever rent a car in my own name. Like, I might need to rent a Porsche. Oh, you might need to rent a Porsche. <laughs> but otherwise, I think all future car rentals, it's going to be like, you, you, you go rent a car. No, I will probably continue renting a car. I have better discounts. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that means you have to do all the stuff. I know, and I can still do the, all the stuffs. Yeah. No, 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 Shannon. You know, now I've been driving. You know, you're going to see next week what it looks like to have Asen as the main driver. Maybe. We will see. <laughs> there is hope that, you know, Kia gets their stick out of their ass. Yes. Yes. There is. There is much hope for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, no. We have decided that. Kia is not approved by Ace Knight. Nope. Uh, we'll see where that's at um, as we move forward. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's take a look at the poll. You are not the asshole. I'm, I'm, I was kind of figuring that, especially based on the uh, comments. Uh-huh. Like I, I I like I don't know. Some people can get a little wonky on that one though. Mm hmm Like Yeah. But yay, not the asshole. Yeah, it was a joyous event. Yeah, and people get surprised. Like I used to drive to Columbus and back here in no time and no problem. And you know, we've made the deciding factor it has to do with the vehicle. Mm hmm Or me. And I'm not talking style, I'm talking Drivability. Right. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, with that, let's uh, go ahead and pop over to our patrons and give them a thank you. It was nice seeing a lot of our patrons on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was, it was. I hope everyone of our patrons that was there stopped by and got their bag. I think everyone that was there did. Right. The ones um, that will be going out in the mail next week. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, of course, we want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Tracy Van, Caitlin Bell, and Devin. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, and how you, too, can become a Patreon sponsor and receive all the wonderful benefits our baristas receive, like gift bags, mm-hmm. please visit pcspnetwork.com. And you know, be looking for the new benefits and things going on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and great hugs. We need to add that. and great hugs. Yes. And great hugs. Like you do have to be where we're at. We will not necessarily drive across country to hug right. you. Like unless there's an event there too. Yep. Like. Exactly. All right, guys. We will see you on Thursday. Good night. Good night.